0: Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 10, titled Forced Perspective. Uh, yet another very, very good episode that uh, definitely does some really interesting things. Definitely has a very fascinating departure from the Fringe formula. Uh, the best way I can describe this episode is it's essentially person of interest... If the machine was a teenage girl who could literally see the future. Like, that's basically this episode. And it's pretty great. Especially with the uh, lingering specter of the Observer's warning of in all possible futures, Olivia Dunham has to die. uh, Sort of hanging over everything that happens in this episode. uh, Particularly given that... In this timeline, Fringe Division has no idea what observers are, and it's not really until the end of this episode that Peter really catches people, uh, catches everyone up to speed, catches Olivia up to speed on what the observers are. Uh, So we kind of have these, like, question marks over the entire thing of, like, when this teenage girl shows up who literally predicts people's deaths, is this in some way related? Uh, Are the big horrible situations in this episode the moment where olivia's going to die uh is this a threat olivia's still getting migraines is it connected to that broyles by the way very concerned for olivia <laughs> in this episode like literally anytime something even remotely threatening to olivia happens broyles like Hey, you good? (laughs) Like, every single time. And it's pretty great. It's pretty nice to see. Uh, Nina, when she hears about the migraines also, is like, I'm going to make you some soup. Because remember, Nina in this timeline is Olivia's foster mom, so she's being motherly. Which is so weird to see from Nina. It's so weird to see from Nina Sharp. But different timeline, different Nina. Or is it? (laughs) There's still a whole thing of... She's causing the migraines by pumping her full of drugs. So, we don't even know. We don't even know what's going on (laughs) right now. It's, all of it's insane. But, there's like a lot of lingering macro question marks above this episode. So, let's just get into the more micro stuff of it. Let's just get into the more episodic things. Of it Because this is a filler episode. This is where most of the interesting plot stuff takes place. So the hook of this episode is that there's a teenage girl who can see people's deaths before they happen. And is like drawing pictures and giving them to the people who die before their deaths happen. There's that one guy who gets like impaled by an eye beam. And he gets his death image from this girl before it happens, and yada, yada, yada. And we're sort of trying to figure out what the hell is happening, sort of trying to figure out what this girl's deal is. Uh, We find out that basically... So the way Walter explains it is that some traumatic events echo backwards in time. Like, they can be sensed in the past... If someone is uniquely tuned enough to feel them, if someone is uniquely tuned enough to feel those moments, and this will, and this teenage girl, uh, her brain activity is super active. Uh, her brain waves are super active. Uh, she's getting more than average levels of oxygen and blood to the brain. So, like, the theory is. that unique combination is enough to sort of unlock this sense of seeing, or rather feeling those traumatic events before they happen. Which is an interesting idea. And this is not the only time we see it happen. This episode is very important to understand certain thematic elements later on in the season just saying and then there's like the elephant in the room of her family her family is super paranoid and super overprotective of her they move around an insane amount they are very wary of authorities Uh, Apparently one time Massive Dynamic tried to approach them and uh do experiments on her, and her family just immediately was like, No, 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 not doing this, 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 this." and is now like very, very wary of like random nondescript vans (laughs) and is just like super super jumpy, and doesn't want to have contact with anyone in authority, anyone, uh, with any ties to, like, science work or anything. Like, they are just very, very protective of her. And by the way, this massive dynamic an- anecdote causes a bit of a rift between Olivia and Nina, because, like, I mean, Olivia, look, her fan wounds are still there. And she's like, hey, uh, you said you were done experimenting on kids. You said you were done with that. You said you were uh done with the uh with all the deal. And I mean Nina makes the makes the case that like this is different because like with the Cortexafan trials, people gave them these horrible abilities. People gave them this drug in their system and ruin their lives and actively did that. In this case, what they were trying to do was examine the abilities that were already there and sort of see what the hell was going on, try and provide some answers. Livia does not uh, recognize that difference, and for good reason, because she was at the center of experimentation on children. You cannot blame her for immediately seeing... People experimenting on children, and go, no. And go, bad. (laughs) So, there's that, and that causes some troubles between Olivia and Nina, in a very, very good subplot. And then this episode, which, for the first half, is relatively quiet, really ups the ante when we get this drawing of, like, this mass event where a bunch of people are going to die. There's a guy on a bus that's at the center of this drawing. The guy on the bus got away before she could give him the the drawing. So, he doesn't know what's going to happen, allegedly. And... We don't know what this drawing means. We don't know what the context of it is. And so we spend the rest of the episode, the entire second half of the episode, trying to figure out what this drawing means, what is happening in this drawing. Uh, We ID the man in said drawing, and we kind of investigate his apartment. We kind of find out that uh, he had a divorce recently and lost custody of his kids, blah, 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 blah. Walter hypnotizes this teenage girl and sort of guides her through like reliving her vision. And we sort of, like, go through the rubble of this explosion that has happened. Go through the rubble of this big, big... Like, massive explosion that's taken place. Uh, We find this Latin phrase that indicates that this is a courthouse that this is happening in. And we find our guy... With a detonator. So the guy in the drawing. Is a bomber. Who is planning to blow up this courthouse. Because his kids got taken from him in this divorce. And he's mad about that. He's mad specifically at this one judge about it. And wants revenge on him specifically. So... We now have to stop this bombing. By the way, like anyone who listened to my last season of Television Archive when I talked about Person of Interest, you see the similarities? (laughs) You see the similarities in this episode of Fringe and uh, the very, very good series we talked about before, Person of Interest? Like, they are massive. They are huge. Like, the similarities, like, are really, really difficult to not see. Like... Fringe basically just did an episode of Person of Interest in that style. And in fact, I believe when this episode was airing, they were in the middle of that first season of Person of Interest. And J.J. Abrams, I believe, was a producer on that. So you can kind of see, like, okay, like, someone on the Fringe team, someone in the, in that space, was watching Person of Interest and was like, Hey, I want to do an episode of that in the Fringe Universe. And they did an episode of that in the Fringe Universe. And it's, again, great. Uh, But they have this phenomenal sequence where everyone's at the courthouse. They're searching for this bomb. They find it. It's a very complicated bomb. And they're having trouble disarming it. The entire time, they're also trying to catch this guy before he blows up this courthouse. A reminder that... Up until this point, every single drawing has come true. Nothing has ever been changed. At all. And this guy's just sort of walking through the courthouse, looking for this judge, finds him, confronts him, and it's as he's confronting him that Peter's like, hey, we found the frequency that the detonator's operating at. We need to block the signal. They block the signal, and. His bomb no work good. And then they surround the dude. And Olivia has this amazing moment where she's, like, playing hostage negotiator with this guy. And trying to talk him down, like, hey, you don't have to do this. Nothing's inevitable. I don't want to die here today. I'm not ready to die here today. And I don't think you are either. Uh, Put it down. He also, by the way, I should mention, has, like, a backup plan in the form of a bomb vest. So, like, she's trying to talk him off the ledge, proverbially speaking. Talk him off the ledge, proverbially speaking. And she eventually succeeds, he eventually puts the trigger down. And this dude's eventually arrested, and everyone's saved! So that's the end of the episode, right? Yeah, no. Because this teenage girl, she goes home. Her father sees a van across the street is like, Oh my god, they're coming for us, we have to leave! And in the process of moving, she see, sees another vision, does another drawing. Next thing we know, she's gone. Immediately the assumption is, van across the street took her. Turns out this was a dry cleaning van. Idiot. Freaking idiot. Uh, But Olivia is eventually able to find her because she knows this spot that she goes to. She met this girl there earlier. uh, This bench overlooking this lake. She goes there with Lincoln, with her father, and we see that this teenage girl is dying. And... The last drawing this girl made was of her on this bench, with her father sitting with her, Olivia looking onward. And that prophecy ends up being fulfilled, and we get this heartbreaking goodbye as she just dies on this bench. Uh, Turns out she uh, had this stroke. Uh, The increased brain activity, the blood and oxygen to the brain, eventually that overwhelmed her system, and... She died, so the very thing that gave her this ability that helped her to save all these people at the courthouse is what ended up killing her. Uh, It's a very poetic and very beautiful and very gut-wrenching ending, and it's a very good way uh, for this episode to close out. Like, this this is a solid filler. This is a very, very solid filler. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, Definitely a good cooldown from (laughs) the last couple episodes, which was just like the big turning point of the season. Definitely a solid cooldown from that, Uh, but it's very, very good, and I definitely like it a lot. Solid episode all around. Uh, If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash Archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much every other podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468. And support the show, patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 11. Talk to you then.